0: why do we exist? Or more specifically, why do we as the first Christian church of Great Bend, Kansas exist? What's it? What comes to your mind? Well, what I hope comes to your mind when I ask you that question. Dave, am I on, brother? Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? I I don't hear myself. You might go up just a little bit more. So what I hope comes to mind when I ask you that question is this. At Great Bend First Christian Church, our vision is to bring heaven to earth in all that we do. Our mission is to inspire ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ by fostering faith, cultivating kids, connecting community, and serving the world. And the reason why I want that to come to mind is because that's why we exist. That's the reason God created us. That's the essence of who it is that God is calling us to be as a congregation, which is as big as it is important. And so to help all of us to kind of refocus and be reminded of why we exist, along with teaching many of our newer attenders about who we are, if they haven't quite caught on yet, for the next three weeks, we are going to be rehashing, relearning, and recommitting our lives as a church to who we have been called to be by the creator of the universe which is a journey that we begin today by getting into what we mean when we proclaim. Our vision is to bring heaven to earth in all we do. Now, before we get into the specifics of our particular vision and what it proclaims about who we are, we first need to do some practical work talking about a vision because people kind of get confused when you talk about what a vision is. So the question is, what's a vision? What's a vision? What do you guys think of? What do you hear when I say vision? Well, If you want to try to define it, one of the simplest ways you can do that is is by saying this, a vision describes what a church desires to achieve in the long run. A vision describes what a church desires to achieve in the long run. Or a vision is basically the final outcome that we're all striving to attain. It's kind of like the destination at the very end of a long road trip that we are driving towards. It's the big picture of what we are trying to accomplish. Or if you want to make this really practical, right, we are here and we're trying to get there. That's basically all a vision is, right? So we are heading in a particular direction. Or to give you a little more than that, let's say our vision is something like we want to provide food for every single person on the planet. If that's our vision, then what that means is that we shape and order everything about our lives around providing food for people who don't have food which theoretically is something that we'll continue to do until every single person on the planet has access to food. It's the destination. It's the big picture. What I want you to notice about a vision is visions oftentimes aren't something that we can accomplish in a lifetime, but are things that will go on even after we are gone. But we continue to work in a particular direction because that's how big a vision is. Again, we are here and we are trying to get there. Basic simple, Right? Now, now that that's kind of all rolling around in your mind, let's get into the specifics of our vision. And I love our vision. I hope you guys love it as much as I do. And I hope if you don't understand it, you'll understand it after today. It really is amazing. So, the first thing you need to know about our vision is that all we mean when we say bringing heaven to earth is exactly what Jesus is getting at when he teaches us to pray this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth... As it is in heaven. And that's the part you gotta notice there. On earth, as it is in heaven. And to get into the depth of what Jesus is doing here, we've gotta nerd out a little bit, right? And I'm a nerd, so we have to nerd out at least like a little bit in each and every sermon that we do. So bear with me here. So, in Hebrew poetry and prayers, one of the methods that they use to make a point or to make something really pop is they don't rhyme like we do today, right? When we say poetry and all that kind of stuff, there's a, roam, there's, a there's a rhythm, there's a, a rhyme to it. Kind of like roses are red, violets are blue. You are so pretty, yet you smell like a shoe. You guys remember that from grade school, right? <laughs> in the ancient world, they used a method called synonymous parallelism. Synonymous parallelism. And what that is, is basically saying the same thing in a couple of different ways for emphasis and clarity. For example... Proverbs twelve twenty eight says, in the way of righteousness in life and in its pathway, there is no death. So it's the same thing being said in two different ways. Righteousness is life, pathway there is no death. Also, Psalm 2 through 4 says this, he who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. Again, same thing said in two different ways. That's the way Hebrew poetry worked back then and that's for emphasis and clarity. Now, the reason why it's important to understand synonymous parallelism when it comes to the Lord's Prayer is because this is the method that Jesus seems to be using when he teaches his disciples to pray these words. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that your kingdom come means the same thing as your will be done, means the same thing as on earth as it is in heaven. Or this is the same thing being said in three different ways for emphasis and clarity. Now, while keeping all that nerdy technical stuff in the back of your mind, well, what does Jesus mean when he says that? We we kind of see what he's doing, so what does he mean when he says that? Well, I think the first thing that you need to understand about what Jesus is trying to teach us here is that when Jesus uses the word heaven in the phrase, on earth as it is in heaven, he's actually not focusing in on heaven as the place that we go when we die, right? Oftentimes when we think about heaven, we think of the pearly gates and all that kind of stuff. And that is there. That is used in the New Testament in that way. No, what Jesus is actually doing here when he talks about heaven is he is talking about the place where God resides and rules completely. Like in the first part of the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, right? So this is the place where God lived. This is the place where God resides. Or in a sense, heaven Is a reference to God's holy domain where everything is as it's supposed to be because He is the one who is in control. Now, what that understanding of heaven does for us and puts into perspective for us here is that according to the prayer, is that the goal for the earth, where of course things are not as they're supposed to be, right? We know that because we live here, is to become more like heaven. On earth, as it is in heaven. A lot of people miss this in this prayer, even though they prayed it their entire lives. On earth, as it is in heaven. Or for some clarity, let me give you a couple of metaphors uh, that I think really work. So the first thing I want you to picture is the bedroom of a young child a couple of weeks after not being picked up or cleaned up. Because if your experience is anything like mine, what that room looks like, Is that a bomb has gone off and sent shrapnel of all of their stuff everywhere. It's amazing where stuff lands in these rooms. On the bed, you will find pillows and blankets and technology and toys along with a whole lot of unidentifiable crumbs. On the floor, you will find every toy that child has played with in the last two weeks along with every article of clothing they have taken off is still laying in the place they left it. On the bookshelf, bedside table, You'll find all the food and drink that this child has brought to their room piling up, beginning to spill onto the floor. And in the corner, you find this track can that is filled to overflowing with science experiments that are now starting to grow. <laughs> creating smells that could choke a dog. You guys know what I'm talking about, Right? So while you've got that in your mind, next picture, the bedroom of one of those type A personalities where everything is perfect. And I think of my mom's bedroom here. This is, this is who my mom is. Because in juxtaposition to what a kid's room looks like, my mom's room is immaculate in every way. If she is not in her bed, her bed is made and the pillows are set perfectly at the top of the bed. The the floor is spotless. You're not going to find anything on my mom's floor. And then in all of her drawers and in every little nook and cranny she's got, everything's got a place. This is a room of order and harmony similar to the pictures that you see in those home and garden magazines, right? These are the people most of us hate, right? My mom's one of those people. Well, heaven It's kind of like my mom's bedroom in that it's an existence where everything is as it's supposed to be. The bed is made, the floor is clean, and everything has its place while the chaos of a kid's bedroom is kind of like the earth. Things are not as they're supposed to be or it's clearly a place where the trash is overflowing. There's so much stuff on the floor that you can't even make your way to the other side of the room and oh my God, the smells. Oh my God, the smells. It is amazing. So what Jesus is getting at when he says on earth as it is in heaven, is that like a child's bedroom of chaos and disorder needs to be cleaned up and organized to actually be livable and safe. Our existence needs to be cleaned up and put in order so that earth will become a little more like heaven. And you hear it now, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven or to think about it in another way. Simply imagine the world where God's kingdom has come and God's will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. Or imagine if this prayer actually came true. Because the picture you get when you think about the earth in this way is a picture of an existence living in harmony and relationship and peace with God and with one another. A world where love and truth have the final word. A world where everyone has not only what they need, to survive, but to thrive. No more sickness, no more war, no more genocide, no more hatred, no more racism, We're a world where everything has been made right. Well, that's what Jesus is getting at when he teaches us to pray for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And not only that, but this is the vision, this is the goal, this is the purpose that Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection, came to accomplish. This is why he came, this is why he gave his life, this is why he was resurrected, a purpose, by the way, that will not stop until God brings all of it to completion, until God brings about the salvation and the restoration of all things, because God will have the last word. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth it is in, as it is in heaven. And you guys just sit there. Come on now. <laughs> now, where do we fit in all of this? Where's our place? Well, not only are we being called to pray this prayer weekly and maybe even every single day, but I would argue we're being called to live this prayer by going out under God's guidance, direction, and in God's power to join him in doing this important work by the way that we choose to live our lives. And practically speaking, what that looks like is for those who don't know Jesus, we introduce them to Jesus so they can have salvation and life. For those who long to go deeper in their relationship with God, we show them next steps. For those who are hungry, we give them a piece of food. For those who are thirsty, we give them something to drink. For the hurting, we offer relief. For the oppressed, we fight for freedom. For the sick, we strive to cure. For those living under the weight of sin and death, we show them the way of eternal life, which is something that begins in the here and now and goes on forever. For the unlovable, we offer love. For the lonely, we offer friendship. Or we go into those places where God's kingdom has not come and His will is not being done, right here in the middle of nowhere, Kansas to do God's work, to be God's hands and feet in this world so that our existence, our place, will become a little more like the way God designed it to be. Or that is what we mean when we proclaim that at Great Bend First Christian Church, our vision is to bring heaven to earth in all that we do. Let us pray. Father, the truth is we say this so much, we think about this so much that oftentimes it doesn't take our breath away. It's not something that that catches us. And so as we begin this series, as we begin to walk through who it is that you have called us to be, help us first and foremost, oh Lord, to get this, to understand what you are not only teaching us to pray, but teaching us to live every single day. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or May we, O Lord, be the kind of people that stop thinking of ourselves first, that stop focusing in on what we want and what we need and commit our lives completely and totally to bringing heaven to earth in all we do by loving the unlovable, helping those who need help, offering food to those who are hungry, and telling others about you every single chance, every single time we get a chance. Our Lord, truly help us to buy into this vision that is not only ours, but is yours. We ask this all in your name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.